everybody, uh, we've got a fun group of people here. We're going to talk about our time at E3, which we all just got back from. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, sitting with us, we have Jeff Dishman from QA. We have Rob Wakert, Windhammer, Beard Man, from, he's going to, by the time this comes out, he'll be a harmonics alum. Going off to New York to start his start his own business. Very good. <laughs> um, Beard Man Incorporated. <laughs> and we also have Chanel. Yes. Miss Five Six Seven Eight. Yes. There you go. Um, one of our illustrious Dance Central choreos. Yes. Did I say that choreos? Is that a word anyone uses? It's well, like we Oreo. use it as like a yeah, kind of like, like a little. Slang for Korea. It's also yeah. a delicious okay. sandwich. Cookie. <laughs> I'm really hip. It's also a delicious Oreo sandwich, is that you said? It's a sandwich cookie with a C yeah. in front of it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, so, for all of you, was this your first E3? Yes. Yep. That's, yeah. Wow. Totally. All right, give me some impressions from your first time what? at this big, crazy event. This event was so monumental that I, I don't even know how I would be or react to any of the other ones because this one was really really excellent like from what i understand it was one of the best e3s so i don't know how we could top it you know what <laughs> i mean i'm sure we can but this was really a great experience you know so totally jeff what do you think just wow yeah it was amazing obviously you've been a gamer for a long time right yeah so. it was really exciting to be able to see everything i mean you know pretty much we only had Time to see stuff when it was getting set up and afterwards, but even that was it was awesome. You know, got to meet some pretty cool people and talk about their games. So, um, but I think the what really blew me away was kind of everyone that came to check out our games and mm -hmm. how excited they were about them. And you know, was, people were so enthusiastic and you know, yeah, they just loved it. So it yeah, really cool to see. Totally, Rob. Yeah, uh, I, I had a little more tunnel vision I think than Jeff in that like. Um, a, I'm not like a super gamer. There's definitely a lot of games I like, but I wasn't like, I didn't feel compelled to dash all over the convention center and see everything. So I didn't actually see very much outside of our booth. Because um, I was, you know, working. <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, wow. it was, no. <laughs> I gotta say, it was really, um, it was a really gratifying experience because, um, I, you know, you, you spend a year and a half just staring at this thing that you're working on mm -hmm. and and you can't talk to anybody about it outside right. of the company and it gets to be really frustrating after a while and, and after you're staring at anything that long you start to kind of hate it um, <laughs> and then and then you put it in front of other people and you see their reaction and on all of a sudden like all this work and sweat and, and aggravation like becomes worth it and the, the response to both uh, RB3 and Dance Central was so huge that it was just really gratifying to be like, oh, so all this hard work is actually for something. Yeah. It was great. And this was our first year uh, presenting two completely different, yeah. completely big deal titles. Um, so that was sort of a challenge because it was the first time we had to show people Rock Band 3, but also give equal showing to Dance Central. Mm -hmm. I think we pulled it off. Oh, um, so for people that weren't there, we had a stage demo for Rock Band 3, so like a theater, and then people would filter out of that and go right to the Dance Central stages, of which we had three, and they were huge and ridiculous. <laughs> um, 
and and we also had the curtains open by the second day so anyone that wanted to could just flow in and see the dance central stages or walk around the corner see the rock band three stages um, I think we pulled it off which is pretty tough to show two different games but give, give them equal equal play right. yeah I mean I was fascinated by how we could have all those stages and keep the sound relatively quarantined like you weren't on one stage and like being you know the, the sound wasn't over being overpowered from other stages and it was pretty cool yeah I feel like after doing so many events where we've had stages facing each other gamescom especially I feel like we've got all the secret down to like containing audio <laughs> in a tiny little space yeah yeah there's I was wondering how you yeah there's that. definitely a science yeah, to cool. it of some sort just like uh, at PAX that we did last year we it was basically like a box and there's a stage in every corner of the box and they're all pointed at each other and each had their own isolated sounds and like areas of sound around them, but if you stood in the dead center of this box, they would all converge in your head yeah. and explode. <laughs> it was it was so weird. Yeah, the first day or two at, at PAX last year, we were having some issues where it almost felt like whoever was staffing Lego Rock Band would be like fighting against whoever was at <laughs> Beatles directly yeah. across from it. So and battle of the it was like rock yeah bands. battle of the rock bands yeah. But this I have to give Mr. Kyle Mercury probably a lot of credit HMX drop slash for, for it being so so red this time around. If yeah. anybody doesn't know, that man is a force of nature. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I was completely amazed and impressed by him the entire time. Like he was constantly and he, he didn't have a second of downtime. He no. was always working, being pulled one way or another, like fixing this or that issue and when that wasn't happening he was on a stage singing his heart out or playing the guitar or doing whatever. Did yeah, you, so Kyle had to get up at three yeah. one day. Let me give yeah. a quick rundown. Kyle you had to, to get, get there. Too, no, so? that was actually Marcos and Frankie that had to do that. Yeah, you got to sleep in. I got to sleep in. Yeah, that was a, a three a.m. <laughs> Fox News show that they had to shoot, which was live on the East Coast, so it was six a.m. So they had to be there at three a.m. after a full day <coughs> of uh, selling the game at E3. Um, but yeah, Kyle got there two days before the show started and built it with the crew. He stayed there two days after and broke it down. And like throughout the show, he was the go-to guy for everything from anything as small as like just needing a water to actually like the speaker's falling down, someone's gonna fix it or someone's gonna die. And he would constantly be like juggling three different tasks at a time and somehow managing to pull it off. So yeah, pretty amazing. I don't know, I couldn't do his job without taking a swing once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he also saved my life. There was a TV that was not exactly um, set up the way that it should have been set up, and uh, it may well have fallen onto me. Yikes. <laughs> was that the TV wow. that you guys told us about two days in a row? No, no, we fixed it the first time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but thanks. You're welcome. I'm glad uh, my health is such a priority. <laughs> I was, being on the main stage, I was more worried about things falling out of the ceiling. Oh, last year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, last year a, an air conditioning duct fell from the ceiling during Drake's demo and landed about two inches away from him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It could have taken out half the main drag because it was yeah. right between him. Oh, yeah, and John Carter too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we had we had no no physical catastrophes this year. <laughs> I have a question. What for each of you was kind of if you had to pick one a favorite moment or a standout moment of E3? Well. My favorite moment was when we got to do 
RV3, well, Rock Band 3, we, they played Poker Face and all the choreographers and everybody that Naoko sang, like, she killed it. Well, I was like getting distracted listening <laughs> She's to her an amazing singing. singer. Yes, yeah. listening to her singing. I had to remember, like, okay, Chanel, you got to do the routine. <laughs> and then watching Dean, watching John, watching Matt, and everybody just perform. And everybody just as one unit. And I thought that that was probably a memory that I probably won't ever, ever forget, which is dope. So that was my favorite moment. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it'd probably just be, maybe not a specific moment, but just seeing how many people got up on stage to dance. I was blown away. I was, you know, part of me was a little worried that people would be a little too yeah. know, nervous about it and a little, uh, you know, too self-conscious about it. But it was great. People went up there, had a great time. And yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I was just amazed by that. Yeah, we were, I mean, we were all thinking about that going into it. Like, this will be great as long as people actually play it. And I think it helped that we had uh, dancers on stage mm -hmm. with the people who were trying the game, so they, they weren't up there alone yeah. being stared at, and all right. the all the dancers um, were super supportive. Right. Helped teach, made them the comfortable. Yeah, yeah, taught them the moves. Yeah, we had to figure out a system, and like a lot, everybody, you know, that was working on each stage, made sure they figured out what that system was. Like for us, uh, myself and one of the dancers, Dimitri. Big shout out to Dimitri. <laughs> um, we basically would, you know amp each other up, you know, like screaming out some of the moves before they beforehand and then some of the dancers, the the people that were coming on the stage to do the dances, we were like, you know, let's just try it on the easiest, which was obviously poker face. Mm -hmm. And they as soon as we get to like the the torch mm -hmm. move, everybody's like ready to, to, to go. Like <laughs> and it's just it, it's just amazing amazing to see how many people are like, wait a minute, hold on, I don't know if I want to do this. But then when they get like less than halfway involved, they're like, wait a minute, this is probably the hottest game I ever tried. You know, this is dancing. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've always been proud that Harmonix doesn't hire booth babes. So booth babes are <laughs> yeah. the like they'll just hire, you know, women to stand around in bikinis at their booths at E three. Which I always thought was really awkward and creepy. Human props. They're Human props. props. Um, yeah, that's why I like our well that's the thing so this year we did actually have to get more help so we got these dancers we were just talking about but they were actual dancers yeah. and they were both male and female so if anyone was going to levy the, the booth babe thing at us yeah, it, at least we had both sexes represented we had, we had super hot people that were also functional yes right. <laughs> you, could be, you could actually be both yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Rob what was your highlight um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, it was it was sort of an overwhelming event for me, partly because I was one of the few people that worked on both Dance Central and Rock Band Three, mm -hmm. so I was kind of trying to take in everything. <laughs> um, it wasn't you know I wasn't just sort of focusing on one thing or another. Um, but I think actually my favorite moment was outside of the actual um, show, and it was at the end at the sort of the end of the week, which was a really exhausting week for all of us. Um, we had a we just had a little get together on the <laughs> roof of the hotel, uh, and the next thing you knew, pretty much everybody was in the pool, yeah. in various states yeah. of undress. I, believe, I don't think anybody really planned to get in the pool prior to. I believe it was started by our CEO Alex Rogopoulos, who just jumped in the pool. Yeah, and um, that was that was I don't know that was a kind of a magic moment for a lot of reasons. It's certainly for me, since I'm leaving soon, it was it was kind of a it was kind of a neat. Um, 
that definitely would have been the end scene of like a, a, a summer movie. group of friends yeah. movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, exactly like that too. Yeah, and, and it was it was I thought it was it was a perfect moment to really sort of demonstrate the kind of camaraderie that is yes. here in Monix, which yes. was, which was awesome. So if totally. I had to pick a moment, it was probably that. Totally, Thrasher. Did you have a favorite moment? <laughs> Um, I had a I had a bunch of favorite moments. It was weird this this year. So last year was my first E three, and last year was so crazy and frenetic. And I did stage demos half the time. I did Lego rock band the other half the time. And then we had tons of offsites and tons of tapings. And and I felt like I spent most of the convention convention actually like running, like not standing one place, but like running around, sprinting from place to place, like being in makeup chairs. And this year was so was so different because it was like, with the exception of the first day where I was with, before the convention started, where I was with you, Chanel, and then mm -hmm. I got us lost, and then we had to go back. But Yikes. we had great conversations, so we didn't even know we were lost. Yeah, yeah. This is, nobody ever go anywhere with me. I will talk to you and we'll get lost, and we won't notice till we're way lost. Um, so it was like, the whole thing for me was such a different experience, being inside the, the demo stage and doing demos pretty much the whole time and it was awesome and I think I mean aside from like the pool or like you know Chanel and I did this awesome event that like the whole thing was just such a, a really great memory like watching little oh, kids yes. and their parents play Dance Central for the first time. Big shout out to Danny. Yeah yeah this little tiny kid Danny who's shaking his booty all over the place. <laughs> um, his little khaki shorts it was adorable. I think probably my one of the standout moments for me is like we were doing our very first demo and I'm sitting behind the drum kit, and Amin turns on the amp to play the real guitar, and I can just hear this voice at the back of the theater go, holy sh! <laughs> 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 and I was like, exactly, sir. Yeah. I never <laughs> got tired, because that moment, with, with that moment happened at almost every demo. Every single yeah. demo. Because it was awesome. And I never ever, I did a bunch of demo. I did a bunch of those stage demos with you guys, and I never got tired of that. Yeah. The moment he plugged in on the amp and was playing the game through the amp, like, it was, like, People, jaws hit the floor, yeah. including yeah. mine, and I already knew about it for a long time. And it was yeah. still so cool to I see. I still sort of can't believe that that technology works. Yeah. <laughs> it exists. I have a silly personal one, too, which is, Last year at E3, on the LEGO Rock Band stage, I played rock band drums for the first time. So when I was hired, I only did vocals on expert. I was terrified of playing our instruments in front of other people. And I remember the first day of E3 last year, I played drums on medium for the first time, and I also got thrown into having to play a song on expert bass without anyone tell oh telling me, because we were doing a crazy <laughs> like build test. And, um, and this year, like our very first demo, I was sitting behind the drum kit, playing expert drums in front of a crowd of 80 people and it was just like it's a really silly thing but that was pro like drums big, true too pro drums too yeah it's a level of difficulty it was a nice big little pat on the back as to how far i've come because <laughs> it's my job <laughs> 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 but just go from going from being totally like like gun shy of even picking up an instrument at a rock band party to being able to sit on the stage with you guys and do that in front of all those people was pretty cool yeah um, my favorite moment, 
Besides eating corn dogs for lunch every day, there was a corn dog stand, corn dog stand directly behind our booth, and I love corn dogs. <laughs> and most people think they're gross, but I love them. I'm with you. Uh, and Aaron and I, uh, HMX Henry and I, ate, ate one for lunch every day. I think. You guys um, kept doing the champagne arms yeah. with them too. <laughs> <laughs> but my actual favorite moment was I got to do the uh, Giant Bombs uh, Bombcast, their, oh, their yeah. podcast, uh, which is really cool because I've always admired those guys and I think they're really funny. Mm -hmm. They're they're uh, they're game journalists if you're not familiar. Giantbomb.com. Um, yeah, Giantbomb.com. <laughs> so I got to do their podcast and it was also a live video stream and it. Uh, I'll let you check it out yourself, but it, it it's become a thing on the internet yeah. because uh, uh, we had a guest who was a little bit drunk and <laughs> it became pretty controversial. Uh, I think that the podcast is something like a thousand comments on it, which wow. I, I think is more than they've ever had. So it was it was just a ton of fun. I'm really I was really uh, excited to do that with those guys. Very cool. And, and they also could dance. Yes, yeah, that's the best. Th so. That's the thing, like, they have such a great sense of humor about themselves, and they're both uh, bigger gentlemen, uh, and they totally danced, and they put video of them dancing on their site, and it really, it really helped to sell the game, I think, to see, for people to see that anyone can play the game, right. and, and it's, that it's fun. The pose is my favorite, though. The ending pose, <laughs> it's like it solidified uh -huh. that this is a good game. Yes. Like, <laughs> exactly. Giant Bomb did the stamp. <laughs> It's the pose. Body moving. Point blank. <laughs> we had some cool people come through. Did you? I missed it because I was in the demo stage the whole time. Chanel, did you get to meet uh, Method Man? Yes. That is so cool. We were. Um, we actually did poison for him so he could see what. You know, we thought we were gonna get Method on the stage. Uh huh. But he was like, no. But I definitely am gonna buy Dan Central so he can look crazy in his living room. <laughs> awesome. So, but George Lopez came. George up there. Lopez, and he was filming for his show. Right. We haven't heard yet when that will be on, but. And his daughter came up there too. Awesome. Um, there was another guy. Um, I forgot. I, I don't know where he was from, but he might have been from Fox, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, he came up there, too, to learn poison. He was enthused with the man swag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the man swag. It's a good move. Didn't Napoleon Dynamite also? Yeah, the guy who played yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Really? I, I missed it. I recognized so Steph, Steph got to give Hatter. him the private yeah. demo of both games, and he, he apparently is a huge fan of Rock Band, and he did wow. the, the dance game, too. He is a great dancer. <laughs> I don't think people know this, but that, that crazy dance scene in Napoleon Dynamite, yeah, he came that up was with a that choreograph. Right? Sorry, everybody, we had a, a technical hiccup. We were talking about the cool people that came through the booth. Um, one that you didn't mention, Chanel, was uh, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife. Yes, I met her. Yeah, she, cool. yeah, she's super cool. She came to our demo. I didn't know that she was there, but throughout the demo, she was like hooping and hollering <laughs> and like yelling and like, yeah, go. She was egging people on. Yeah. That was my favorite. Super she positive. Was the one doing the, yeah. Hype and she was our hype woman. Yeah, she was. <laughs> and that was cool. And then, yeah. I heard Kelly Rowland played with Frenchie and um, yes. Raven Simone. I heard oh, that wow. too. Yeah, I didn't get to see them. The, the head uh, or the lead character in Step Up Two, the lead role, he was there and he oh, was really? just observing. Really? And uh, Tracy tried to get him to dance, and he's just like, no, I'm like a very cool. No, I'm just watching. The, you know, so I didn't get to see him. He's I probably like, I'm under contract. <laughs> I'm not allowed to dance for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool to see, have people that you know are in the industry. 
come and see and, and just kind of experience it. And from what I hear, Kelly enjoyed playing, like really enjoyed it. So that was good because she was in her heels dancing. <laughs> really? You know? Yeah. And then it was cool to see somebody from our team mm-hmm. getting on stage in heels. And I'm like, oh, my God. She totally wore my hair. Tracy was like, not all day, Chanel. Are you sure? Um, but it was cool. And then there was another lady, um, a young lady who did the press room in Microsoft. Um, mm-hmm. And she had her heels. She was a host, um, I, be- I believe from Spike. Awesome. And she did her in two things, hella good. And she did um, the, I think, uh, she might have did another song. Uh, I forgot what it was. I think it was Galang. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the E3 build. Yeah, yeah. And she did those both in heels. Amazing. <laughs> so it was just really good to see people open up US Today. A lady from, um, she did, was like, at first she was like, no, to me and Tracy. She's like, no, I just let you guys handle it. <laughs> and then we put it on Poker Face, we put it on the easiest difficulty, and she got into it. And she could really dance. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So. It was a great experience to see all that. Speaking of people from like the dance music industry, uh, checking out, we had from the video game industry about the biggest person you could get, uh, Miyamoto, yeah. mm-hmm. came yeah. to the booth, the wow. man who invented Super Mario. And, really? Um, wow. Head of Nintendo. So he came to the booth and he checked out uh, Dance Central specifically. Um, he did not dance, yeah. which I think that would have been a conflict of interest for him since he's a wee guy. Oh, yeah. um, but from all accounts, uh, Dean Tate, the designer on, uh, on Dance Central, met him and said he was very impressed. Like he told him he was very impressed um, and, and was totally into it. So that is really cool to hear that someone of his stature was blown away by something that we did. It's very cool. Well, I'm definitely um, learning to play, play the, the keys. And the drums. Yes. Yeah. yeah, personally, I mean, I'm excited about RB3. I will yeah. probably get the keys and the guitar. Just Well, I'm going to yeah. get it all because yeah. I need to, you know, spoof it out. <laughs> get it together. Because my boyfriend knows how to do all that other stuff. Oh, so yeah? I'm going to have to be battling battle of RB3 in my house. Nice. <laughs> I love the keys. I love having a new instrument to learn now that I'm yeah. not terrified to play. <laughs> to play that. Yeah. I just need to get my singing skills up on the Beatles, though. Yeah. God, you know, the notes was a little sour. <laughs> a little a tad bit sour. You know. Especially when you try to hit the harmonies. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Oh, yeah. When we were first learning those last year, I still, there were some painful moments. A year after the fact, I still can't hit some of them. I'll never forget last year prepping for E3, Pope and I were in one of the rooms trying to rehearse, and someone... This girl who doesn't work here anymore told us we sounded awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> but we learned later that we didn't sound awful. We had found a bug. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, but uh, any other <clears throat> cool E3 stories? Um, yeah. No, just Dish. cool as uh, we never said that after... We've been working on for so long, and you know we kind of got down on ourselves, like, oh, you know, we're gonna make this game the best it can be, but ugh. so much work. Yeah, but then, you know, and and you know, you'll second guess yourself, being like, are we, you know, is this really what people want? And then to put it in front of people and see the reaction, reaction yeah. yeah, it's like, oh man, yeah, this that's is like just your boost. Yeah, yeah, exactly Absolutely. for the home stretch. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. They got a Twitter too. Who? 
um, Dance Central. Dance Central does have a Twitter. And our Rock Band 3 has one. Rock Band 3 is still just at Rock Band. Right, at Rock Band. But Dance Central, if you aren't aware, is at Dance underscore Central. Central. Yeah. And Harmonix Music has one too. Harmonix Music also has one. Thank you. I'm a Twitter, I'm a Twitter holic, you guys. Sorry. At Harmonix Music, right? Yep, yeah, at Harmonix Music. And I heard a rumor that a certain fan site friend of ours who runs a very well known rock band site may be uh, branching out into a dancey dance kind of. Oh, yeah, I heard that too. Insight. That should be interesting. Tommy. <clears throat> help you? Tommy. <laughs> they said, help me. <laughs> help me. <laughs> What's happening right now? Uh, Everyone help me. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to do like, cough, Tommy. Cough. <laughs> <laughs> so it came out like, like weird. <laughs> it sounded like, help me. Yeah. What? Wow. <laughs> Scary. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I think I think that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you for checking out all the news and info about the games that will continue to come out over the summer. Uh, and stay tuned. Thanks. is very exciting. We are talking with two lovely ladies from Harmonix who are both accomplished photographers. So for those of you out there in podcast land, today's little social is all about how you get your foot in the door, what kind of equipment you might want to use if you're getting started out with photography, and lots of other awesome stuff that you need to know so you can be up in the photo pit and up close where the action is at your favorite shows. Sure. I'm Jessica Smith. I'm the release engineer for the web department. I'm Cheryl Lopozel. I'm the executive assistant to the COO. Yeah, and Cheryl travels with us on the road a lot. When did you start, when did you get into photography? And maybe what was, if you can remember it, like sort of the first time you ever were a show photog? <laughs> um, I got into it maybe in 2003. Um, I had just been going to a lot of shows for a long time and I decided to start my own webzine. It was just this crappy thing that I printed out at my house and stapled together and so I just used a little point-and-shoot camera and just to take pictures for that. I'm by no means a professional photographer, I just did it for fun and yeah from there I started getting into bigger shows. I'd say like today with with the prevalence of blogs on the internet I mean you don't really you don't really need much if you've got a pretty decent camera and some good photo editing software mm -hmm, and exactly. you know enough web layout stuff to get a, a good design going. I mean, you can build up an awesome portfolio for yourself. I um, have liked photography ever since I was 
a young girl, I had a small camera, and then I had a one of the original Canon point-and-shoots where I just shot pictures of my friends and anything I happened to see to document sort of like photojournal style. Uh, about five or six years ago, I invested in a Nikon D70 and proceeded to um, make <laughs> photos of my friends' bands mm -hmm. just for my own personal pleasure. And I've been lucky enough to have some of my shots published not only on the rockband.com site, but um, in the Boston Globe uh, Guitar Player magazine. I took a shot at oh, uh, nice. Bryn, <laughs> which was quite a, quite a thrill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've been shooting, um, I mostly do friends' bands, so I've been shooting mm -hmm. ever for the past five years, I guess. Yeah. All digital. Nice. So in terms of getting a good shot with a band <clears throat> moving around, jumping around, getting in your face... What are what are the keys to getting that sort of money shot? Trial and error. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, um, I try to um, politely stake my claim at the front of the stage as best as possible, and uh, I make friends with people around me. Stage, you never know who that person next to you is going to be. They could be, you know, a contact for the next band you're going to shoot. Mm -hmm. When I look at a band, um, shooting for me is all about uh, the beat and the motion. I rarely, I rarely listen to the music, I sort of visually hear the music. Like I Sometimes I can't even remember songs from the set list. So if I really want to hear a band, I don't bring my camera. But when I, I wait for the rhythm of the music, I look for key movement and motions that accompanies the beat, and um, just shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, it helps if you take a lot of pictures. I might take like hundreds of pictures from one band just to get the right shot. All you need is a couple money shots. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just started trying to trying to shoot bands sometimes after doing lots of like street style shots, which are so mm -hmm. easy because it's just someone standing on the corner. But then with a band, I find sometimes I'm I totally take the cop out and I set the the auto snap on the camera. Yeah. So like I'll take one shot and the camera will take fifteen, mm -hmm. and out of those fifteen, I'll maybe have one that's really usable and really good with some cropping and editing. I, I use that a lot, the multiple shutter mm -hmm. release for bands, especially bands that have a lot of movement. And you know if you're shooting with a flash, sometimes that can be problematic because your flash doesn't recharge. So if you get one or two nice shots out of that, that really you know people's expressions changes in the millisecond. Mm -hmm. You know, and from one frame to the next, you never know when that one key, beautiful, emoting movement is going to appear on your final shot, which is always a thrill. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is there is there anything people should know about etiquette at at a show? I mean, you don't you don't want to disrupt the band's performance. You're there to to capture them, but you're not there to to detract from them. Well, a lot of times, I I hope that. The lighting conditions are that I can shoot without a flash because mm -hmm. that can be very distracting. Um, the feedback I've gotten from some bands that a lot of bands don't because they're so in the moment they don't even notice, especially mm -hmm. if they're high up on a stage, they don't even notice the flash you know, because there's light shining in their eyes that you know, the intrusion is minimal. But just for me personally, I like to capture a lot of the natural light and sometimes the flash washes out you know, the experience that the audience might have and relate to when they see an image. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of etiquette, I, I was trying to remember one of the first times I was <laughs> shooting, and it was um, I was at O'Brien's, and mm -hmm. I was um, there were three bands, and they were all friends of mine. And O'Brien's is really in Austin is really small, and yeah. it can get hugely crowded. I and love O'Brien's. I know. 
<laughs> and I, you know, I'm contrary to what people might think. I'm really a pretty shy person, mm-hmm. and I had to re- learn that when you have a camera, sometimes people will be very accommodating, you know, and will let you go in the front, and you just have to be polite but a little bit assertive. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like all ready to go for my first time in front of the stage, and I was building it up, and then I just shoved my way to the front. And it wasn't until after the band ended, and I turned around to see who was behind me, and it was another photographer, and I just like shoved my way right in front of this guy. <laughs> and I turned around, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he's like, well, really, it wasn't a problem, because he was about, you know, six foot five, yeah. and his camera was shooting right over my head. And, um, and him and I are friends now, mm-hmm. which is, uh, we've been which friends really for about nice. five or six years. So. Yeah. For those yeah. of you who aren't from Boston, O'Brien's is like this this bar in my neighborhood in Alston, and it's awesome. It's where most of the hardcore bands in Boston kind of come up, but there's no real stage. There's They're like, the bands that are playing are pretty much on the floor with you, so if you're trying yeah. to take photos, it's really scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It, it's, it's all squished, and then they have... Um, been in there a while but they had like you know the white Christmas lights which are mm-hmm. horrible the lighting in there is horrible and like shooting at the the abbey which is no longer around that was horrible yeah. lighting too but you know you try to that's the other challenge is trying to get a good shot well you know just mm-hmm. like, just it's just a challenge you know and then when you yeah. go to shows that are you know in real venues with real light designers it's like mm-hmm. oh god that was just <laughs> quite a shoot I didn't have to do any hardly any post-production I'm still shy, so like at a venue at O'Brien's, even if it's my really good friend's band playing, I might, since I'm just starting out practicing, I will climb on a stool in the back of the room or like get the bartender to help me up in the bar, and I'll just make really good use of the Zoom. Well, that, and that's, but that's also a cool, you know, that's a cool point of view mm-hmm. as well. I mean, those are different, you know, sometimes I wish I could stand back that far and get that shot of the crowd, because mm-hmm. those, those, I mean, grabbing the emotion of the crowd experiencing the music you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good photojournalistic tool. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I take pictures of people watching the music all the time. That's fun. And it's, also, and it's also believing, for people who are starting out, it's also believing in yourself that you're the photographer. Mm-hmm. And when I started shooting live bands and people I hadn't known or didn't know me, and I started, you know, showing up at venues and I had, you know, my camera... People would say, oh, you're the photographer. You know, I'd like look around like, who are you talking to? I'm like, oh, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the photographer. you're someone like big, you work for a big magazine or something. Anybody can start a webzine. Um, that part's really easy. Um, uh, I don't know. It just helps to network um, within the, the scene. Um, when I go to big venues, I don't usually meet the bands or anything. Mm-hmm. I just take pictures. Um, now, I think Cheryl could probably answer this a little <laughs> bit better. I don't know anything really about like getting a good shot. I, I just you know hope that I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. That's luck has a lot to do with it, especially at live venues. Yeah, but it's I don't do do a lot of research. Look at other other um, photographers you like that are known for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, iconic rock shots. I'm a big fan of Herman Leonard. He does all the, the jazz shots. Like, he's my new discovery. Like, mm-hmm. Miles, the iconic Miles Davis mm-hmm. kind of shots. And, um, I don't know, you just shoot what you see. And the more you shoot, the more you'll discover your style and mm-hmm. how it's really very subjective. Mm-hmm. So you just keep shooting and shooting, and then all of a sudden you realize similarities in all the type of shots that you get. Mm-hmm. And it's always, and it's always, such a huge, huge compliment to your 
art when a band says, ooh, I really like that shot you took of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, really? Mm -hmm. It's fun when you know the bands and they see you taking pictures, sometimes they'll lean into the camera or do something, like a special pose for you. Yeah, that, that helps. Yeah. That helps when your friends are hams. Look at me. Do you guys have any favorite memories, like greatest uh, greatest show photo moment? Mine was definitely shooting Cannibal Corpse at the Palladium. Oh wow. They're just they're amazing. They're one of my favorite bands to see ever. Um, I just got this amazing picture of Corpse Grinder on the stage just going like this. <laughs> Jess's arms are outstretched. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it on the cover of my zine and it just looked awesome. I um other than that first time of uh, shoving my way mm -hmm. in front of the crowd. <laughs> I actually do a lot of shoving at concerts. Um, <laughs> the for me it was um, shooting the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones last December at their hometown throwdown and um, I was lucky enough to get a photo pass oh, nice. from, um, from the band and I got to go in the pit and I got to wear the pass <laughs> on my leg. And, Ooh, I'm a photographer. <laughs> and so I got some great shots and that was, the stage was very well lit so I didn't re you couldn't use a flash. Mm -hmm. But I think in that same evening I had another fantastic moment where um, I shot from the floor where I wasn't supposed to shoot mm -hmm. and I would, was standing right behind a security guard <laughs> and he pulled me aside and I thought he was going to confiscate my camera then that made me really feel like a photographer <laughs> sorry I know I did get the shot and I put it on my Flickr site so I used it yeah, anyway nice. <laughs> yeah. um any other things we want to go over really quickly with people any tips or tricks or any favorite cameras that you like to shoot with I'm you know I'm a big point and shoot person mm -hmm. I have a Canon S90 I just bought and you know, it's not really it's not really about the camera. It's about the shot that you get. You know, the the medium is the message. So if you're shooting point and shoot, then you know that's what you get, and that's your art. You know, mm -hmm. just like you draw with a pencil or a pen or oils. I mean, that's the art that you create, mm -hmm. and it's it's just about getting the shot. And you know, so it doesn't matter where you use it. My Nikon's you know six years old. It's you know. <laughs> They don't even make it anymore, but it works and I like it. And you know, like Jessica, I'm a big fan of the point and shoot. Yeah, technology. I remember I was at Ozfest shooting one year, and I had like this little Nikon. It was like this big, little tiny point and shoot, and everyone else around me had these big DSLRs, and I felt so silly. But I got some great shots from that little camera. So yeah. anybody can do it. I can yeah. do it. Anybody. Can. Yeah. When you go to the store, <laughs> bring the experts with you. That's right. And buy buy gear that you're comfortable with. You know, hold it in your hand. You know, can mm -hmm. you see yourself? You know, feel comfortable in a bar. Bring in something expensive into a bar. Mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. I, I don't leave my camera. I have it strapped in a bag to me at all times. You mm -hmm. know, so it's. You know, it's just a matter of being comfortable with your tools. Mm -hmm. So yeah. and shoot a lot, and make mistakes. Yeah, learn from your mistakes. Yeah, and get over being shy. I think is really key. Like yeah. you can't, you can't be embarrassed. You're gonna look goofy. Yep. <laughs> and don't get drunk because you'll drop your camera. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I have a I have a uh, zero tolerance policy when I'm carrying my expensive gear around. Mm -hmm. I know my I know my limits. <laughs> zero tolerance policy for yourself. Yes. <laughs> you give yourself a write up when you go home. Exactly. <laughs>
welcome to our podcast DLC roundtable, everybody's favorite segment. Yay! Woo! Um, <laughs> we've got a special uh, group with us here today to talk about the DLC because the usuals are all out on the road. Um, so if you'd like to introduce yourselves, we'll start with you, sir. Hi, my name is Rob. You may also know me as Windhammer, or more recently, Beardman. <laughs> Beardman is here! Forum Yay. kids love you! Yay. In spite of the fact that I have almost nothing to say about this week's That's DLC. That's fine. It's just the fact that you're here for it, they'll love. You're, 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 one of, you're one of multiple internet sensations to come out of the harmonic showing at E3, <laughs> so... That's true. So that's cool. Subject of multiple forum threads, beard man. Yeah. Unfortunately, we tried to get Malika, but she's on vacation. Oh, good for her. Yeah. She another internet sensation from you through? Oh, yes. Well, if only you had, like, Dab, Dance and Cass in here, too, you'd have the whole... <laughs> He's important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got another Rob. Introduce yourself. Ouch. Yeah, hi, this is, uh, this is Rob. I'm a QA lead here at Harmonics. And I am Kurt. I'm the office manager here at... Harmonics. Kurt is also our resident badass. It's true. Yeah. Take that to the bank. <laughs> uh, Jeff Dishman, assistant QA lead. Though I was here on another You've been on the podcast yeah. before. They're not going to remember you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm pretty famous for my lost <laughs> podcast. My theories about uh, Mr. Echo are pretty... Yeah. It's true. <laughs> We're pretty important. I edited that out. <laughs> I, I, I just kidding. Oh, oh, just kidding. Oh, 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 God. Just kidding. Dish, My moment. This has been insufferable ever since. This is a public moment. <laughs> uh, so we have a pretty awesome week of DLC to announce. Um, I know everyone is a big fan of the last couple weeks, um, <laughs> but for real, this is a really great, great week. It's actually a, get this, a 12-pack of CCR Credence Clearwater Revival. Um, Amen. One of my awesome. yes, one of my all-time favorite bands. I grew up like I think the second CD I ever owned was CCR's Greatest Hits. Um, so this is pretty awesome. So let me read off the tracks and then we'll discuss them. Pretty much every hit. Uh, Bad Moon Rising, Born on the Bayou, Down on the Corner, Fortunate Son. The real version, not a cover version anymore. Uh, Green River, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, Looking Out My Back Door, Proud Mary, Run Through the Jungle, Traveling Band, Up Around the Bend, and Who'll Stop the Rain. So we're missing, we're missing Susie Q in that roster of hits. Yeah, but so these are really, all hits. Yes. That's it's not all of the all hits, but hits, all of them but are hits. All of them, yeah, okay. Probably yeah. saying for the future. Kurt, Kurt is a difficult man. To <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm very pleased about this. I'm, I'm happy it's not a three-pack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there are very few bands, I would think, that would deserve a 12-pack as much as these guys. I think, I think that I'm really psyched that Green, Green River's on there. Yep. And I don't know, like, I don't know about you. The, the people that listen to the podcast know of the band Green River. Uh, from Seattle, who morphed into members, went into uh, later beyond in Mud Honey and Pearl Jam. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I did not know that. So yeah, so there's good like history fact. there. But anyway, that song rules. It's a really good song. And if you want to talk about CCR, as far as like I'm concerned, because I grew up in the era when, the, when they were on the radio all the time. The thing that was so cool about them were that they were just like really unpretentious in in this sort of. Uh, context of, of the times being 
like all the bands were like sort of flamboyantly dressed or you know like sort of outlandish in some way or another they were sort of this breath of fresh air but they just wore flannel shirts and like blue jeans and just played this sort of like really down home sort of like tribute to the blues sort of music it was real swampy and everything and it was like really cool and refreshing when you heard that on the radio compared to everything else that was there I mean if you think about it do you think they would count as the first southern rock band well they were from California so right. no <laughs> <laughs> but the actual music is very like yeah southern it's very rock. swampy yeah. and stuff swampy like that but no you know I mean they were they were contemporary the Allman Brothers were around back then too yeah so I suppose if you if you go into that yeah, that particular sort of non-pretentious approach you're talking about, I remember also influenced a lot of the California punk rock bands from like the late 70s, early 80s. Like uh, Mike Watt talks about them a lot. Um, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Interesting. Flying the flannel flannel. guy. <laughs> I just have to say, Kurt, you are way more useful than our usual special guest, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That um, guy is a liar. <laughs> and, and not everybody can edit Kurt. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like each of these songs, if even if you haven't heard of them with me reading them off, you would instantly recognize them because they've been like, most of these have been really pervasive throughout movies and even commercials yeah. and radio, obviously. Well, and, and I mean, unlike Kurt, I didn't grow up in that era, but I, I to me, it, it reminds me of the radio too, and it's because I, even specifically with a car, with my dad's old blue Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, which yeah. was a car that could only have been built by General Motors in the midst of an oil crisis, because <laughs> it was about the size of an Abrams tank. Um, but I, I just remember riding in that car, and it was always the oldie station that was on. And I don't know who picked the songs on this oldie station, but it seemed like the three songs they would play more than anything else were, were American Pie by Don McLean, <laughs> Bad Bad Leroy Brown by, by Jim, Jim Croce, yeah. and then Down on the Corner by, by Creedence Clearwater Revival. And so I, I have very strong memories of that song in, in, in association with that, that car and that oldie station. I mean, I th another thing is, like, I think the fact that there are, like, 12 songs there and they're all hit. I mean, John Fogarty, who was the main songwriter and lead guitar player from that band, and his brother Tom was also in the band as well. Um, he was like a hit-making machine. He just like song after song after song after song, all on the radio, all really good, and just like he also wrote "Proud Mary," which Ike and Tina Turner covered notoriously well. And um, he's just like this, this major dude in American history of music. That that, and uh, they were also like a really American band. You know, like you think about the bands that were sort of influenced by the blues that had some sort of level of success, like Led Zeppelin or Cream. And those bands were like these sort of like super groups with these, you know, but they didn't really have any chart action. And Credence had all this chart action going on, you know, every time they put something out. And then there was like some infighting, I guess, you know. I don't know like the full story, but there was some infighting in the band. That everybody was like, you're writing all the songs, you're playing all the, you know, you know, you're doing all the leads and everything. So he decided eventually to sort of take a back seat, and he was like, okay, you guys go for it. And then all of a sudden the hits stopped coming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's like you mentioned earlier. When you think about CCR, you think about the music. You don't think about, you know, fashion icons. You don't think about 
um, you know, famous. Yeah, they weren't big personalities. In the news and yeah. like right. that, like you would with a band mm -hmm. like Zeppelin or, or Cream or some of those other bands from that era. You just, it's the songs are what you think about. Or even a band like The Doors, you know, I mean, yeah. the, who, who Jim Morrison is sort of this enigmatic, charismatic, uh, mythological almost figure. And these guys were just like real dudes that just laid it down. Yeah. Fogarty um, was no slouch guitar player either. No, I'm really excited about uh, Run Through the Jungle. That's a really creepy song. <laughs> it's really good, but it's it's that and Born on the Bayou are both kind of like creepy swamp songs. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to put Pope on the on the spot here, but if you were gonna make a like a creepy song DLC, <laughs> what what would you put on there along with that? Cause we we've got some pretty creepy. Fear choices. of the Dark. Uh, would have mean songs that we already have? Yeah. 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 Fear of the Dark is definitely a creepy song. Who's that? By Iron Maiden. Iron oh, Maiden. Okay. Um. Oh man, on the spot. Oh, when I said I didn't want to put you on the but spot, you did. what I really meant was I wanted to put you on the spot. So. Um, there are a lot of songs that we have that are hits, and then when, when you actually sing them in front of people, you realize the lyrics are really, like, sometimes really creepy. Like, like, uh, I'm trying to think of examples. Aqualong. Aqualong, definitely. Sohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the first time someone ever sang that in front of me, I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I do think it would be great if we did like a murder ballad pack. <laughs> I'll just like a Nick Belly. Cave pack. Or we could do Nick oh, Cave. Oh, Nick yeah. Cave pack would be great. No promises. Don't email me. <laughs> Don't send us emails. No way Nick it's Cave be a forum thread tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Confirm yep. Nick Cave pack. <laughs> um... Kurt, what, what do you think your favorite on this pack would be? Green River. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That song's just got this ominous, uh, like, tone to it. And, and I don't know, it's so awesome. I love the riff and I, the, the vocal good riff. line and everything like that. It's just great. What about you, Rob? Oh, goodness. Uh, having already spoken up for Down on the Corner, I feel like I probably ought to pick that. But if it's not that, it would be uh, Who Will Stop the Rain. I think a lot of people, actually I made Windhammer play this with me uh, the other day when we had band practice. Um, a lot of people are going to want to play Looking Out My Back Door because it's in the Big Lebowski. Yeah, that was a fun trip. We had a good time that. playing that. It's For, funny, you, have I'm the, not you also have these like, little, you sort of have these <laughs> light tunes, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> but they also, well, is, uh, is Fortunate Son in there? Yeah, Fortunate Son is, yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. great one, too. I mean, yep. that's like a really... Vietnam That's really protest. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's like a really cool protest song for the time, but it, it actually still, the message to it holds up. It's not it's not super ham-fisted or anything like that. I want to see someone, once RB3 launches, I want to see someone come up with, like, a challenge or set list of protest songs from our game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We could use a lot more. We don't have a ton of overtly political songs. Yeah. Well, and one of them is sequestered, a couple of them are sequestered in Beatles, too, unfortunately. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. you can't get a revolution, revolution a tax man, for that matter, which is my favorite <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I think that's a good way to conclude this, this week's roundtable. I agree. For Thanks for our special guests. You guys are awesome. Yeah. And remember, if you have follow-up questions for our special guests, 
Or you want to tell me and Pope that we should stop bringing Wikipedia to the DLC roundtable. And just bring Kurt instead. And just bring Kurt instead. <laughs> you can leave us a comment in the article below or send us a voicemail on hmx.mailbox on Skype. <laughs>